Hi, this is Pastor Nelson Mercado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast from the Nashville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. I hope you are blessed by today's message. Let's bow our heads. Indeed, Father, you are awesome. You are great. You are mighty. King of kings and Lord of lords, you, ex- you deserve all the glory. Father, we pray for your spirit now as we open your word. Glorify yourself in our study, in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to take out your study guides. Inside your bulletin, we are, of course, continuing the study on the present truth and the three angels' messages. Uh, those of you who are guests, uh, uh, this is a book that I wrote, uh, and uh, we are, the series is based on the book, The Present Truth, of course, the God's end time message found in the three angels' messages of Revelation chapter 14. So the uh, words inside your blanks will be underlined on the screen in the PowerPoint. And today we're going to talk, as you might expect, about the Sabbath. And I'll start by asking you a question, maybe something that you, you thought about in your own life or perhaps the world, what the world would be without, would be without a Sabbath. Can you imagine that? The world without a Sabbath. What would your life be without the Sabbath? I got to tell you, I mean, I've, I've shared with you before that, you know, before I became pastor, I was working six days a week, 72-hour work weeks, because I wanted to make the mighty buck. And I got to tell you, if it wasn't the Sabbath, I'd be working every day. And I had colleagues, that, that's exactly what they were doing. They would work every day. They, they, they made so much money on overtime, but they were killing themselves. The world without a Sabbath would be, would be hell, wouldn't it? Somebody said it this way, the, a world without a Sabbath would be like a man without a smile, like summer without flowers, and like a homestead without a garden. It is the joyous day of the whole week. It ought to be the, whole, the, the joyous day of the whole week, wouldn't you say? It ought to be the, whole, the, the, the most joyous day. But just this, this is not true for a lot of people. It's not true for a lot of people. In fact, uh, uh, if, you know, if people find out that you're a Sabbath keeper, some people might accuse you of being in bondage. In fact, I, I have been accused of that. I, uh, I shared with you before when I, when I was a medic. I was uh, blessed to, uh, the, one of my colleagues that, li- uh, that worked in the opposite shift, he was a Baptist pastor, and so we, what we did was we switched. I would work his Sundays, and he would work my Sabbaths. But we would have, you know, spiritual conversations, and because he knew I was a Sabbath keeper, he, he said that, you are in bondage. We don't need to keep the Sabbath anymore. Well, after all, it's just like the commandments, the Sabbath belongs to the Jewish law. Now, last week we talked about the importance of the law, uh, uh, that the law is for everybody, that it was not, it's for all humanity, not just for the Jews, and of course the Sabbath is the fourth commandment. And so, remember, uh, when, I, when I said at the end, if people were to ask me, why do I keep the Ten Commandments, I keep the commandments, why? Because I love Jesus. And so, when we think about why keep the Sabbath, if, if you were to ask why keep the Sabbath, it should be because... We love Jesus. Love is the motivation. Let's go to where it all started. Our scripture reading, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended with with, uh, his work which he had done. Then he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. 
Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which he had created and made. Notice what we, we need to see here and, 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 say, and see what God did not say. Notice it doesn't say that God created a Sabbath day. What does it say? He created the Sabbath day. You know, uh, a lot of times people will, think, will say, well, you know, uh, uh, I don't think God is as specific about those things. I think the important thing is that you keep a day holy. You got seven days. Uh, you, you, you ought to choose a day, and you can keep any day. It's not a big deal which day you, use, you, you choose as long as you choose a day. You've heard that before? Sometimes um, uh, they say that uh, the, the busiest day for a pastor is on Sabbath. For various reasons, right? And if you're a Sunday pastor, you're the busiest day is Sunday. So you can't keep the Sabbath or, or, or Sunday if you keep Sunday because that's your busiest day. So maybe Monday needs, needs to be your Sabbath. Just choose a different day. You know, any day will suffice. But that's not what the Bible says. It, it says keep the seventh day. It has the definite article there, the. If I say to you, Zilla, can you give me a hymnal? Well, you give me any hymnal, right? You just pick a hymnal and just give it to me. But now if I say, give me the hymnal, if specific, you say, which one? Because there's a bunch of them here, right? So here, again, we, what we see is God is specific. The seventh day is the Sabbath. And, and notice that God did three things in, on the seventh day that you don't find he did any other day of the week. Okay? So three things that God did, he rested on it. Now, God doesn't mean that God got tired. He, did, you know, he spent six days working, and he got tired. He rested on the seventh day. No, it, it, the resting there, he signified that he, he ended his work. He didn't have to add anything else. The Bible says that creation was very good, very good. And so he didn't have to add. And, and you know what? It's, it is a lesson for us because the Bible talks about we have six days of the, of the, of the week to do all the things we need to do. How great it would be that at the end of that sixth day, we have finished everything we needed to do so that we can enjoy the Sabbath, right? Rested on the Sabbath. God did that on the seventh day. He did not do any, that any other day of the week. And then he blessed it. Do you think God's blessing is powerful and, 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 and has authority and weight? Right? Sometimes we say to somebody, Henry, God bless you, right? Because we believe that blessing has an impact. God bless the seventh day. Now, some people say, well, you know, every day is holy and everything. But we find in Scripture that he didn't bless the first day. He did not bless the second day. Did he? No. He blessed the, the seventh day, right? And then he sanctified it, which means he made it holy. He hallowed it. He consecrated it for special use, just like you and I. The Bible says that we ought to be holy, right? That means that we ought to be consecrated, that we ought to be different, that we are special people. The Sabbath was consecrated. It's special. He set it apart for a special use. You don't find that any other, in any of the other days. And so because he did this, he commands us. Notice, God made the day holy. See, you can't make the day holy. I mean, we're sinners. But God made it holy, and so what he asks us, what he commands us is to keep it that way. Right? We ought to keep it that way. But now, all right. So we, we ought to keep the Sabbath day holy. And, but, you know, a relevant question to ask, and, and this is especially true even for us Seventh-day Adventists, is what does it look like? What does keeping the Sabbath look like? Yeah? Because, you know, I, I, this is, a, you know, some people struggle with this, especially 
those that are new in the faith, that maybe you, you, you've done things differently all your life. Maybe Sabbath was a day of partying. Maybe the Sabbath was a day of work. But you come to, you study the Bible, and you see, well, okay, we know that the Sabbath is, a, is the seventh day. It is Saturday. But you know, how do we do this? How do we keep the day holy? Is keeping the Sabbath holy only about what not to do on the Sabbath? You know, this has become like that for many people. It's about what not to do. You know, uh, the Jews had made it this way. Uh, The Jews had 39 categories of things you couldn't do on the Sabbath. 39 categories. And some of these things just made no sense. I mean, it's just silly stuff, but but, but they were so adamant about it. So things like, maybe some of you have heard it. Uh, um, I mean, I have just a couple of examples. Um, you, You could not carry a handkerchief in your hand because that was a burden. So you had to pin it to your robe. So if you needed to wipe your nose, you went something like this. And, and that, would, that would be all right. You couldn't eat an egg that was laid by a chicken whose main purpose for raising it was to lay, lay, lay eggs. Because that was the chicken's job, to lay eggs. However... If, if you had a chicken that was raised for the purpose of maybe eating meat, you wanted to sell the, the, the chicken to KFC. So, so, so the main job of that chicken wasn't to lay eggs. So if that chicken laid an egg, you could eat that egg because it was laid by a chicken whose main job wasn't to lay eggs. Does that make sense? Well, it makes sense, but it really doesn't make sense. 39 categories about things you couldn't do on the Sabbath. And I wonder... Could it be that it is for us that way too? We've learned uh, about keeping the Sabbath holy by the things we don't do or the things that we shouldn't do. You know, Jesus was, of course, accused of breaking the Sabbath. In fact, the Bible uh, uh, describes a number of Sabbath controversies. Sabbath controversies. That, uh, in fact, G- Jesus did seven miracles on Sabbath. Did you know that? Seven Sabbath miracles, and, and, and these miracles that he did drew some controversy, drew some criticism, because in the minds of the Jews, these miracles, uh, 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 by doing these miracles, Jesus broke the Sabbath, you see? And so some people will say today, well, see, Jesus broke the Sabbath. He broke the Sabbath. He was intentional in breaking Sabbath, and that tells us that he was looking at a different day. But friends, Jesus did not break the Sabbath. Now, in the minds of the Jews, he was breaking the Sabbath. Why? Because the Jews had created 39 categories of things you couldn't do on the Sabbath. And so they lost the, they, they, they lost the joy of the purpose for the Sabbath. And so Jesus comes and does a Sabbath reform. Because you see, friends, you find in Scripture that the controversies over the Sabbath had, ne- had nothing to do with which day was the Sabbath. Because everybody knew which day was the Sabbath. That was not a controversy. The controversy we find is of how to keep it holy, right? And so Jesus does the Sabbath reform. So seven miracles. We're not going to go in detail over these. Uh, But notice, first one, Jesus heals Simon Peter's mother, mother mother-in-law, in Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 31. Then what else did they do? Jesus heals a man with a withered hand. Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Jesus heals a crippled woman, Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Jesus heals a man born blind, John chapter 9, verses 1 through 16. Jesus drives out an evil spirit in Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. Jesus 
heals a man with dropsy, Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. And finally, Jesus heals a lame man by the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5. Seven miracles that Jesus did. And, and I believe Jesus did this intentionally on the Sabbath because he wanted to make a point. He wanted to show what the Sabbath was truly about. The Jews had lost sight of it. And many of us have lost sight of it too. In Mark chapter 2, verses 23 to 28, we read about the disciples of Jesus. They were running, I mean, walking and uh, plucking heads of grain. And this happened on the Sabbath. You see them all, they're on the picture there. They're rubbing their hands with the grain and, they're, and then they're eating it. And then at the distance, you see the religious leaders. They're criticizing uh, Jesus because of what the disciples are doing. Notice verse 24. Look, what, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And after talking about David and what David did when he was hungry in the temple, Jesus said in verse 27, the Sabbath was made for who? Man. And not man for the Sabbath. Now, you know, I remember when I was in, in, the, in the Catholic church and people would talk about the Sabbath, they would quote this passage as if this passage proved that the Sabbath was being done away, from, done away with. Oh, the Sabbath was made for man. Well, you've got to look at the context, right? Because you can take this passage out of context and make it say everything you want. But, but, but basically what Jesus was saying here, because of the controversy, because of the criticism of the Jews, he's saying the Sabbath was made for men. Is it just for men or not women? No, this is, this is a, the, the word anthropos in Greek, which means humanity. In other words, the Sabbath was made for the benefit of humanity. In other words, God did not create man because he had already created the Sabbath and he needed somebody to keep it. No, God created it because it was for our benefit. And to make that point, he heals the man with a withered hand. And, 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 and before he does that, he asks the rhetorical question, is it lawful to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath, to save a life or to kill? What do you think? Is it lawful? Yes, absolutely, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And so when we think about the question that I asked at the beginning, uh, uh, how, what does this look like? What does keeping the Sabbath look like, uh, uh, keeping it holy look like? Well, the first thing, notice, one way to keep the Sabbath holy is by helping those who are in need. Amen. By helping those who are in need. Someone once said that the Sabbath is a day to serve others. But you know, the reality is, let's face it, let's be honest with ourselves. Uh, you know, over the years, we, we think about the Sabbath, and yes, it is a day of rest, but we, it's become uh, sort of a selfish thing. Well, you know, I get to stay home on the Sabbath. I get to rest. I get to take a nap on the Sabbath. So it becomes about us, doesn't it? Yeah. The, 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 can you see, can you sense the influence and the power that, 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 that we would have in this community if we decided, you know, the Sabbath is a, a way of keeping the Sabbath holy is to help those who are in need. Let's find a way to help those who are in need on the Sabbath. Showing love. This is what we, we were talking in our discipleship class because the way to soften our, the hearts of people, prepare the, uh, the hearts for the word of God is by, being, by showing love. You know, I, I've told you that, that I am not a, a man of many ideas, but, but you know, maybe some of you are, are, have ideas. But wouldn't, that, wouldn't it be awesome if somehow we found a way to have a service Sabbath? You know, service Sabbath. 
one Sabbath a month or maybe even one Sabbath a quarter. We say, this day is service Sabbath, and we do something different maybe than the worship service, and we go out and help somebody who is in need. You, you, do you see the, the impact and the power that would have? We often wonder, what do I do? How do I keep the Sabbath holy? There is plenty of need out there, friends. Plenty of activities that Sabbath keepers can. You know, if you have friends, maybe you have neighbors, maybe you have a family member who is in need, that can use your hand. Maybe they need help with food preparation or bathing. Who knows? Friends, here in Nashville, there are plenty of agencies, soup kitchens, like Nashville Rescue Mission, for example, where you can volunteer and help somebody who's in need. And it's, it's very simple. It's free. I mean, you can, all you have to do is go on their website and register, and you can help out, even as something as simple as serving food. And, 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 if, and, if, and if maybe you're, you say, well, I'm busy during the week, but, but I want to serve on the Sabbath. You can do that on the Sabbath. And it's not just serving food. If you go on the website, they have tons of things that you could volunteer. And imagine the impact that we would have individually, uh, because it helps us in our relationship with God, but also as a church, if, if we found a way of doing this. I'm going to give you some homework. Figure it out. Find a way that we can be of service on a Sabbath. Maybe we can do this on an ongoing basis. That would be an awesome thing, friends. Amen. That would be an awesome thing. You know, the Sabbath is to be a day of joy. And we can be a blessing to somebody else by keeping it holy. See, it's not just about you. Yeah, you, you, you enjoy the Sabbath. It is a blessing to you. But don't keep it to yourself. Give it to somebody else. If you're helping somebody else, maybe, I mean, they're not Sabbath keepers. They, maybe, they may not agree with our theology, but you're being a blessing to them because you're serving. And you're keeping the Sabbath holy. By you're keeping it holy, you're serving somebody else. Yeah. But now, we must also think of our families during the Sabbath. Our families. I've said this before. One of the greatest challenges that we have as Christians, and this certainly impacts the church, our, our church, is how busy we've become. We have become in debt. We, we have so much debt that many of us need two jobs or three jobs. You know, we have no, no, no time to be at home with our family. Yeah. Many households today require two incomes if they're going to um, um, make ends meet. And so, so mom and dad work outside the house. Sometimes they work opposite shifts. You know, so you work, you know, dad works 7 to 3 maybe, uh, uh, and then mom's 3 to 11 or so that she can take the kids to school or, and be there when they get home or maybe 11 to 7. The point is sometimes, you know, and the kids have their own uh, activities, so the family is living under the same roof and sometimes they don't even see each other. The solution to that, friends, is the Sabbath. Yeah. The Sabbath provides us with time to spend with our children, with our spouses, with our parents. It is a good day to look for activities to do. When, when the weather's nice, or obviously when it's summer or spring, maybe go to a park, go to a, do, do a hike. Uh, you know, again, spending time. Uh, when it gets, you know, like now that it gets cold and, 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 and nasty outside, find ways maybe in the home, uh, uh, games to play. Uh, finding ways to spend time together. And this is especially true with our youth, with our young kids, because a lot of times they're bored because, again, maybe unconsciously we have taught them that the Sabbath is about what you don't do. And so they don't look forward to it. They feel bored. They can't wait till sunset hits. And don't say it's just the kids because some of you are there when it's sunset. 
Tick-tock, tick-tock. And as soon as it is, you turn on the TV and let's go back to partying. Don't say that you don't know it because I know you do. Because even for us, it's a day of what we can't do. You know, uh, uh, I've told you, of course, before I became pastor, I was in the fire department. But before I became a firefighter, I worked for the IRS. Don't hold it against me. The Internal Revenue Service. I was a tax examiner. But it was, it, was, it was a good job working for the federal government. Great schedule. 7 to 3.30 every day, Monday through Friday. Every holiday off, weekends off. It was great. And so uh, um, uh, I would leave the house around 6.20 to get to work on time. And so shortly after I started working there, I started paramedic school. So I was starting to become a paramedic. And so I was, I was part-time, but the classes were Monday through Thursday, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And so school was close to the, um, the campus of the Internal Revenue Service, and so I would not go home. It made no sense for me to go home at 3.30 only to come back. So what I would do is that when, at 3.30, I would uh, stop work, and so they had a, a, um, a fitness center there, and so I would go work out. And after I worked out, took a shower, and then uh, I had dinner. Lucy prepared for me dinner, and so I would eat dinner, study a little bit, and then go to school. Now, during this time, Jean-Luc was a toddler. And so when I left around 6.20 in the morning, he was still sleeping. Lucy was getting ready for work. She would eventually drop him at the babysitters. And then when I got back, I would get back around 10.30 in the evening. By the time I I got there, he was sleeping. And sometimes Lucy was sleeping. And now, that was Monday through Thursday. Now, Sundays, because I've always been a, an OCD with, with school, I spent eight hours studying on Sundays. So Sundays was out because I was studying. Monday through Thursday was out. I wasn't spending time with my wife or my son. This is, this is true for many of you. And so I remember I looked forward to Friday because on Friday I didn't have class, so I would get off at 3.30 and I would go and pick up John Luke at the babysitter. The babysitter was right behind our house, so it was walking distance. And we'd bring him home, and, and I would start dinner, and when Lucy would come home, and, and we would open the Sabbath together. And, and it was such a, a blessing, something that I looked forward to every Sabbath. John Luke and I had a... We, we had our, 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 our tradition, we would play wrestling. Wrestling was our game. And so we would wrestle together. He had these big Legos that he would build things. And we would. And the point is, we spent all, a lot of time, we played together. It was such a great thing, and I looked forward to it every Sabbath. And, and then Friday nights was, was Lucy's and I time to talk. So we would lay in bed just to talk because we didn't see each other throughout the week. Something to look forward to, friends, because on our, a lot of times we're not spending time with our families even in the same household. The Sabbath is a solution, friends, to look forward to the Sabbath. So notice then that the Sabbath, you think about how to keep it holy, is about family. When we spend time with our families, we're keeping the Sabbath holy. Spending time with our families. And, you know, I imagine that as, as I looked forward to, to the Sabbath because I was going to spend time with my son. Uh, again, I wasn't born yet, but I was going to spend time with, with Jean-Luc and with Lucy. I imagine that God looks forward to the Sabbath too because he's going to spend time with you. Amen. He's going to spend time with us because all too often the Sabbath for us has become about duty. 
Yeah. About keeping the commandments. And, and while we do have a duty to obey God because we love him, we often forget that God created the Sabbath because he wants to spend time with us. Because spending time is paramount for any relationship to work. And he knew this. He knew this. God wants an intimate relationship with us. And to ensure this, he went and created a heavenly calendar and he marked X on the seventh day. Because on that day, it's time for me to spend time with Terrence. Time to spend time with Dave. It is a time for my, with my child. But you know what? While God has set up a, day with, a date with us every week, too many times we are not ready for our date. We're not ready for our date. You know, if you've ever been in love and you make a date with that person, you sort of look forward to that all week long, Right? And you make preparations. You maybe you buy a, a new clothes for the day. And, or or if, if you invite him to dinner, dinner at the house, you, you spend the, 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 the week cleaning the house because you want everything to go without a hitch. Right? Because you want to spend time with that person. You look forward to it. And yet even though our date with God comes every week at the same time, sunset on Friday, often we're still running errands when sunset hits. This is especially true now that the Sabbath, you know, sunset is around 4.30. And some of you are saying, but pastor, it's difficult. But, but friends, you know, notice the Sabbath is a date with Jesus. If we're going to enjoy our date with God, we need to prepare for it. And we have six days of the week to do so, right? Exodus chapter 20, verses 9 and 10. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day, the Sabbath of the Lord, your God. Well, think about it. What excuse do we have? If we have six days of the week to prepare for the Sabbath, to be at Walmart at sunset buying food for the Sabbath because we haven't prepared. Some of you are smiling because you know it's true. Or we're, we're doing the last finishing touches on the cleaning. Or we're, do, we're doing the last finishing touches on dinner. Or still preparing the clothes for the next day. We have six days of the week and we're waiting for the last moment. We can't prepare, and of course, we can't enjoy our time with God if you don't prepare for it. So preparation for the Sabbath, think about this. Preparation for the Sabbath starts at sunset. So, so 4.30 today, when sunset hits, it starts a new week, that's the time to prepare for the next Sabbath. You know, in Hebrew, the days of the week you know, did not have names like we do today. But they were all a launch pad to the Sabbath, right? Sabbath, uh, Sunday was the first day, uh, Monday the second, and so on, until Friday, the day of preparation, the eve of Shabbat. I'm told that by those who have been in Israel, that on Friday, everything closes. At noon, everything closes on uh, 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 Friday noon, because everybody is preparing for the Sabbath, their time with God. Okay. And so, friends, we should start looking forward to the Sabbath Sunday. And we look forward to it because we just can't wait to spend time with Jesus. This is why we read in Isaiah 58, verses 13 and 14. If you turn your foot away from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words... Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride high in the hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, 
the mouth of the Lord has spoken. To paraphrase this, we could say that, that God is telling us that we should stop doing our own thing on the Sabbath. Stop thinking, uh, seeking those things that please us because it's not about you. And notice that God says that it is his Sabbath, not yours. Not my Sabbath. Sometimes we say it and, and you know, we, we're well-intentioned. Well, I can't work that day because it's my Sabbath. It's not your Sabbath. It is the Lord's Sabbath. And by the way, again, changing our perspective, it's not that I can't work on the Sabbath. It's that I, can, is, is, is that I don't have to. You see the difference? I don't have to. You know, the, the message, the message Bible, you know, it's a paraphrase. Hits the nail on the head. I like the way it says it. Notice. If you watch your step on the Sabbath and don't use my holy day for personal advantage, if you treat the Sabbath as a day of joy, God's holy day as a celebration. Notice the Sabbath of what? A celebration. If you honor it by refusing business as usual, making money, running here and there, then you will be free to enjoy God. Oh, I will make your heart right high and soar above it all. I'll make you feast on the inheritance of your ancestor Jacob. Yes, God has said so. God says so. Friends, a day of celebration to enjoy God. But, you know, we can't enjoy God sometimes because we bring everything else. Now, I'm going to share a story with you. I've said this story before, so some of you have heard it. And if you've read the book, you probably remember this story, so don't reveal the punchline. Some, some of you haven't heard the story, so I'm going to tell you. Because, because it, it reveals something important. You know, I said last week, that sometimes us men are a bit insensitive with our, with our wives. I know I'm not the only one. Don't look at me strange like that. <laughs> Wouldn't do that. So, so here's the story so, so that you can get the point of, you know, why sometimes we don't enjoy our time with God. So was it 2015? 2015? Yes, 25 years. Our anniversary was in 2015. 25th wedding anniversary. It's been seven years already. So Lucy and I decided we're going to go to Disney World for our anniversary. It was just her and I. We had been there with the kids before, but we figured it would be a great time to us to enjoy our time together. So we said, all right, Lucy gave me the homework. I had to prepare everything. So I did. I looked up and purchased the package. We were going to be there from Sunday through Friday. Um, and the package that we bought had the, um, the meals we were going to, we going to have. The, there was two meals per day included in this package. Um, so we knew we, we could plan. We knew where we were going to eat each day. Everything was planned out. Now, our anniversary that week fell on a Tuesday. So we were there Sunday through Friday. The anniversary fell on when? Tuesday. So we got there on Sunday. We had a good time. We had there Monday. Now, Monday around noon, Lucy had to go to the bathroom. And if you've ever been there, uh, you know, a lot of people, especially women's bathrooms, there's a line of people there just to get to the bathroom. So Lucy had to go, so she made the line. And while she made the line to the bathroom, I just you know, walked around and waited for her. And as I waited for her, all of a sudden, I see a lady that I knew. She, a, a small world. She, 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 was, she used to be my girlfriend when we were in high school. Small world, Zilla. And so I saw her, she saw me, and so, hey, how you doing? So we we, we established a conversation. Now, I was friendly with her. Lucy was friendly with her. And so, you know, I had a, good to see you, that, that kind of thing. But, you know, people are in a hurry. And so uh, uh, 
she, she had to go somewhere, and I, and, but, you know, I, I, I had the brilliant idea that, listen, let's catch up. Why don't you come to dinner with me and Lucy tomorrow? Yeah, we're, we're going to be at this restaurant. We know exactly where we're going to be because we, we had planned it all. And see, that, that's a great idea. And so, Lucy, it took, about, it took about 20 minutes more. And by the time Lucy got back, I forgot totally about my conversation with my friend that I had seen her. So we went and enjoyed the rest of our day. Tuesday came. We had a great time the rest of our day. And, and so the evening came. We went to our restaurant. And Lucy, and mind you, again, Tuesday is the day of our anniversary, right? So Lucy and I are having a great conversation and everything. And all of a sudden, I see my friend coming. And then I remember. By the way, Lucy. Now, now, those of you who have been married long enough, do you think Lucy was happy about this? Do you think I had a good time? But why not? What did I do wrong? The anniversary was a celebration between her and me. It was our day. I had no right to bring my old girlfriend to my time with Lucy. Hence, I didn't enjoy the dinner. Now, some people will say, well, Lucy will tell you this, because here's the punchline of the story. If you read the book, you know it. The punchline of the story is that this really didn't happen, okay? Because if it did happen, I, think, I don't think Lucy would be here. Or, well, I wouldn't be here either way. <laughs> so I'm not that insensitive. However, you, you guys all were thinking, how could you do this? How dumb can you be? <laughs> right? But we do that with God all the time. We bring our old girlfriends and boyfriends to our time with God. Huh? Whether it is our work stress or family stress or health stress, whatever it is, we bring our old girlfriends and boyfriends to our time with God. And no wonder we don't enjoy it. It is very insensitive of us to do that to God. But we do it all the time, friends. We do it all the time. You know, Eugene Peterson, who, who also wrote the Message Bible, he, he, he talks about the Sabbath. Interestingly, Eugene Peterson was not a Seventh-day Adventist, but notice he says the Sabbath is that uncluttered time and space in which we can distance ourselves from our own activities to see, or to, uh, activities enough to see what God is doing. Now, two last things, friends, about how to keep the Sabbath holy. We keep the Sabbath holy when we worship God in the context of what? The church. Oh, I only, I only heard Mary say that. I only heard Mary say the church. Friends, we have uh, um, the mightiest... Ex no, Leviticus 23 says that the Sabbath is supposed to be a day of holy convocation. Holy convocation. The example of Jesus. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. So notice, Jesus' custom was to worship with others in the context of the church. Of course, it was the synagogue, but in the context of with other believers. It was his custom. And if it was the custom of Jesus, it should be ours. Now, you know, I tell people when, I, when I'm giving um, 
reviewing the baptismal vows before they're baptized, I, I tell them this, listen, if you are home on the Sabbath day, and if you are healthy, you're not sick, you should be at church on the Sabbath. Now, sometimes, you know, people take trips. If you're not home, you, may, you know, Lucy and I, what, what we did a number of times when we were on vacation and, and, and we were out uh, on the Sabbath is we would try to find a church nearby and we would go and worship with them. But again, it, sometimes we, you decide, I'm going to go visit this church or I, I'm, I'm going to take a trip so I can't come to church. Um, or if you're sick, please don't come to church and get everybody else sick, Right? But if you're healthy and you're home, there should be no reason or excuse why you're not in church on the Sabbath. Okay? This has become especially true now in the post-COVID era where people have gotten used to long distance. Now, there are some people that are staying long distance. Maybe they have very good reasons. But, friends, let me tell you, I know some people have gotten used to it and they just said, this, this is more practical for me. And, friends, we are missing out. The custom of Jesus, this, friends, should be non-negotiable. Now, I say that to say that be careful because some people feel, well, as long as I go to church, I'm keeping the Sabbath. All right? The rest of the day, I can do whatever I want, but I went to Sabbath. I spent three hours at church, so I kept the Sabbath. No, no, friends. Sabbath or worshiping in the context of the church is part of what we do on the Sabbath. It's not the whole experience. Some people leave the church and then they go to their favorite restaurant and have lunch. It's a no-no, friends. That's a no-no. And so, again, if you're home, you ought to be at church. You ought to be at church. And finally, friends, let's not forget the Sabbath is only a, uh, also uh, a day for rest. Some of you are like, thank God he's talking about that. Because I was planning to go home and take a nap. Listen, the, the, the word does mean rest. So if you do need to take a nap when you go home, by all means, take a nap. But everything in balance. See, some of us, you think about it, Sabbath starts at sunset on Friday. And now it's a little earlier, so maybe you have dinner afterwards and you relax a little bit. And maybe you decide, you know, I'm going to bed around 8, 30, 9 o'clock. And you sleep all night, you get up, I don't know, 7 o'clock in the morning, getting ready for church. And you go to church and spend time at church. And then uh, after the service is over, maybe you have lunch. And then you go home and, and, you go and, and you take a nap and you sleep until sunset. I've described the lifestyle of some of you right now. But think about it. If you are sleeping all day, you're not, being a ble- you're not spending time with your family. You're not spending time with Jesus. You're not helping anybody who's in need because you're sleeping. So again, if you, if you need to sleep, take a nap. But don't spend the entire day sleeping because you'll miss the, the, the blessing of the Sabbath. The blessing of being with Jesus and spending time with him. Friends, the world needs the Sabbath. Notice it says the Sabbath is a blessing or the blessing this world needs. From the book Divine Rest for Human Restlessness, you see that uh, quoted on your um, study guide. If, if you're trying to find a good book about how to keep the Sabbath holy, this is one. This is written years ago by Samuel Bakayoki. And notice what he says. At a time when secular concerns often obscure sacred commitments, 
when gadgets have become for many more important than God. I find it interesting that he wrote this several decades ago when we didn't have our gadgets like we do have now. And yet he wrote it the way he wrote it. When gadgets have become so, much, so many uh, more important than God, when the tyranny of things enslave many lives, the Sabbath provides a vital lifeline to rescue us from the bondage of materialism by elevating our thoughts from one day above uh, the world of matter, thus enabling us to rediscover the peace of God from which we were created. part of the modern Christian life, overcommitted and preoccupied. We get caught up in the Monday morning hurry, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, and the cycle continues. And before we know it, stress and fear start to become the God we talk to most, and we wonder where he went. Jesus tells us if we seek, we will find. If we just knock, the door will be opened, and he's there every time. He's been there the whole time, in quiet corners and blank spaces. He's there in ordinary quiet moments in odd corners. Do you have space for God? Do you have space for God? He has created a space for you every seventh day. Friends, the world needs to hear about the blessing of the Sabbath. This is why the Sabbath is part of the present truth message, the end time message to prepare a world to meet Jesus. Let's tell others about the blessing of the Sabbath. Thanks for joining us. If you're ever in the Nashville area, come and visit us at the Nashville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. We're located at 2800 Blair Boulevard in Nashville, Tennessee. You may also visit us at nfsda.org.